say, and fine, let's say that Jerry Jones was just there as a spectator. Let's just say that. It, it doesn't make it any better. Like, that's the thing. I don't, I don't understand how it makes it any better. It's not a better optic either way. You know what I mean? It's actually pretty symbolic of what society is, right? White people will stand by and watch Black people go through hell and say nothing and go about life like it's normal. That's, 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 that's what this country is. Yeah. 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 What you know about Benchmark? They're speaking the facts that you want to hear. That rapper Jersey, the vision is clear. Diamonds glisten like a chandelier. You know what I'm here for? Like Michelle Lynch. It clutch time. We do not flinch. Real brothers, we do not switch. Hit home runs with the right pitch. Who run the city? What to do when they're hating on you? I feel like Kobe 2010. Taking an L, all I need is a win. This is his business. You know how they go. They playing the seats. Now it's time to grow. Tune in now. Gotta be in the know. Showtime, bitch. My body blow. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode, Bitch Mob ENT, episode 220. Full squad here tonight. CVO is in the building. How you doing tonight? Good, man. Bengals hitting, hitting the hot streak right now, right at the right time. Greg, Mr. Hot Takes, the bait your mother sends me in. How you living? I'm good, bro. I'm, I'm ready. I'm, 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 all, I'm about business tonight. I'm good. Let's go. My... <laughs> Smooth operator Davenport, how you how you living tonight? I'm doing good. It's it's the Mike White show. That's what it is. Speaking of man, so Sunday, looking at Sunday, you come back looking at yo. It was some great quarterback play with some some subpar quarterback play with some booty quarterback play, and you looking forward to like yo future quarterback play with some of these draft prospects. Starting off, perfect transition, Mike White. 22 or 28, 315, three touchdowns, no interceptions, 91.2 QBR. How much was Mike White's successful game because of Mike White? Or was it more so of the terrible defense that they played against in the Bears? I mean, I feel like it was a mix. It was a mix of both. Like the Bears defense is pretty bad. And they lost a couple guys in the game, too, that, you know, Eddie Jackson's not a, a slouch. So when he got hurt, that kind of opened things up even more. But, like, it was just good to see after seeing what we've seen for the last, like, month and a half with, you know, Zach Wilson. Because, honestly, this is the first quarterback that's that's played this well since Mike White last year. Like, Joe Flacco, those first few games, granted, we won against Cleveland. It wasn't that good. It wasn't good QB play. He, he threw a lot of passes, so the numbers are skewed. But, like, Mike Wake, was, he was efficient. He made the throws. He didn't, you know, kill you with deep balls. But that's the thing. You don't have to in this game. Like, if they're giving you the short throws, take it. So he's letting the, the weapons do the work. Like, C.J. Uzama, we signed him in the offseason. I feel like this is the first time I've actually seen him catch passes this year. Like, it's been a waste of a signing because we don't use them. So it was cool. It was cool. It was a wet game. And 
I'm just frustrated I didn't start him in fantasy. I probably would have won my matchup by now, but it's all good. As long as we're winning in real life, that's that's all I, I'm, I'm worried about. Facts. That's facts. When I look at it for me, Mike White, he played better this one game than we've seen Zach Wilson play his entire career as a New York Jet. He has never looked like how Mike White looked. And when you look at it for me with Mike White, obviously he's probably not the long-term answer, but he got players like you mentioned Uzama, but I'm looking Elijah Moore. That joker looked happy. He was blocking. He was, he looked engaged and he wasn't getting that with Zach Wilson. And I think that's the thing that you got to look at big picture. I think Zach Wilson literally played his last game as a jet. There's no way that y'all could bring him back when you have Elijah Moore talking about, he felt like he was in jail with <laughs> Zach Wilson. <laughs> two, three lockers down. When you got players talking like that, nah, he's lost yeah, a lot. Of Nobody rocking with Zach Wilson like that in the locker room, and that's your quarterback. It's the same kind of thing that happened with Geno Smith. If that fight thing happened, it's like, we know you could play, but nah, you don't got the respect in the locker room. So, Zach, I think Zach done up. Elijah Moore is so disrespectful, bro. There's no reason to pile onto his, his grave, bro. He we gonna post a picture of him throwing the football <laughs> the other day. Yeah, when all that's the rumors, crazy. Right? When all the rumors were swirling around Zach Wilson getting benched, he put the picture up of him throwing the football. <laughs> He's not right, bro. He's not right. Like that's 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 wrong, bro. You don't do that. Um Mike White made it like like Salah said, Mike White made it easy look easy. That's that's the you know, you just need that. And with a team that good, just get the ball to your receivers, let them get yards at the catch. Garrett Wilson's really, really good. Really, really good. They hit. They hit on that one. Um, they hit on Sauce and him. Is that the same draft too? I think that was. That's, yeah. rid- that's ridiculous. So they're set up. They're really set up nicely. Uh, I think they probably still go the route of a free agent quarterback down the line. But let's see how Mike. The real test is next weekend and the weekend after Vikings Bills. Can you win one of those games? You win one of those games. Zach Wilson's done as a Jet. That's why I see it. If you lose both the games, then you can have a conversation about reinserting Zach Wilson down the line. You win both of them, there's no way he's coming back. In fact, I pack his bags tomorrow. Miles will tend to pick up a, a, a company to go pack up his stuff, send him back to Utah where he came from if, if uh, Mike White wins one of those games. But if he loses both, um, you'll have a conversation about Zach again. You start hearing about it again. It's kind of the way I see it. Hopefully this humbles Zach Wilson, though, because the way he looked on the sideline, he, they didn't even have that man in, in game uniform. They had him suited up in, in sweatpants and, and – Hey, at the end of the day, is he still a captain? You know, what happens when, to your captain status when you get benched? Was he a captain before? Sure. He's, he's one of three captains on the team. So, like, you know, what, what happens then? Yeah. Looking well, back I, on it, right, looking at that back at that draft, if we come to this conclusion that Zach actually isn't the answer, number two overall pick, right, you guys hit. Absolutely hit with Sauce. Absolutely hit with Garrett Wilson. Looking back at that draft, y'all still had on the board because y'all had number two. You had people like Jamar, Jalen Waddle, J.C. Horn, Patrick Sertain, Devontae Smith, Micah Parsons. As a Jets fan, looking back at it, do you wish you drafted elsewhere to sure up the rest of the team instead of Zach Wilson? I mean, it's easy to go back and look at all the players drafted after him and be like, oh, I'd take Marcus Parsons in a heartbeat because that would help our defense immensely. But, like, the main thing, if you don't have a quarterback, your team is not going to do anything. Like, look at the Texans. They're in 
purgatory because they're trotting out Kyle Allen and Davis Mills. So they're next up to draft a quarterback. Even if they don't want to, even if there's better prospects on the board, you can't move forward as an organization if you don't have that quarterback lined up. Because, right. I mean, look at look at the uh, the Bengals. Like when Joe Burrow yeah, got I... No, no, I'm saying I'm, you're not going to let me finish? Go ahead, Tyler. Hey, look at look at Joe Burrow's rookie season. Rookie season, like he gets hurt. Who was out there? Uh, Brandon Allen or somebody? Yeah. They weren't winning. They weren't successful until Joe Burrow came back and he was balling. So it's like once you know you have that quarterback, then you can, you know, look at other options. But until you you got that QB, that's the thing you got to really focus in on. Looking so at you want to win though. <laughs> Looking at that conversation though right when you talk about if you have the opportunity for a top three pick and it's a quarterback on the board do you consider though trading that pick to get maybe later in that first round to get a haul back so you put your quarterback in position to win now so if you draft for example look at some of the quarterbacks of the past like last year with Trevor Lawrence that team really wasn't surrounding him that was good to be successful even right now his weapons aren't really that good to be successful do you consider it then like hey do we want to draft trevor lawrence do we want to draft any of these prospects coming up for the texans you want to draft a quarterback and the rest of the team who's he thrown to hmm. who's blocking for him is that something that you think you consider like joe burrow's first year he gets injured because the blocking was abysmal but it was such a great talent you couldn't pass up on him do you consider in that situation like hey we're not even in a position to put a quarterback to succeed because the rest of the team is just so terrible around it? I mean I think QB is the most important like they always say it's the most important job in sports because if, if you don't have your quarterback you're not going to be successful like there's so many teams out there that once they got that quarterback, you just build, you fill in pieces around that. You don't actually have to, you know, nitpick on this guy. This quarterback might not be as good as, you know, the top defensive tackle or top O tackle coming out, but like who we're going to put out there, a, a free agent who nobody wants. And then we're going to be back in this situation again next year when that's the thing. If the QB, you got to look at the, the QB classes each year. Like if it's not that good, then maybe you do wait an, another year and, you know, bring in a stopgap like Tyrod Taylor or some of these other guys. But if you're in a position to take like a Bryce, Bryce Young or maybe next year, like a Caleb Williams, you can't pass up on that. Like there's been times where teams did pass up on that. Like the Giants passed on Herbert. Could have taken him, but you know they they had taken Daniel Jones a couple years before. But then with the Cardinals, they took who's that guy who's not in, in the league anymore? Josh Rosen, Rosen took him yeah. and immediately knew that he wasn't the guy. And they were right in that spot again to take a quarterback. They didn't they didn't think twice. So it's until you get that number one pick, you get that quarterback, you keep going until you 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 get it. I think you I agree with you though. It all depends on the quarterback class. You look at the number one overall picks in the history of the NFL, you got possibly 
three, four Hall of Famers. You're talking about Aikman, Elway, Peyton, Eli. Andrew Luck probably would have been on that way, but he retired early. Joe Burrow, career still early, but we know he's he's one of one. He's their guy. Kyler Murray, the jury's still out on him. Baker Millfield, trash. Jared Goff, trash. Jameis Winston, trash. Cam Newton, he's at home with us. <laughs> Bradford. Testa Verde played a little bit for the Jets. Like Drew Bledsoe lost his job. Mike Vick, maybe, maybe something if he didn't want to have dogs fighting. So I think I think you got to be very con- quarterback class does matter. But I digress. One quarterback that I just mentioned that was a number one overall pick that I personally really like how he's been playing. And I think this just shows his maturation is Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, 22 for 37, 270, one touchdown. The Bengals are seven and four now. One stat that I do want to point out, which to me tells me that Joe Burrow is taking what the defense gives him. This year, he is targeting running backs 5% more than he targeted last year. So Joe Burrow isn't trying to get the home run play every single time. He's going to get the check down. <clears throat> P. Ryan has been doing a good job. Joe Mixon's going to come back next week. He's doing a better job of, yo, I'm just getting these completions. Last year, Chris can attest, the Bengals was a lot of negative plays. All right, let's go get a 20-yarder. Let's go get a 30-yarder. This year, I think they lead the league in not having, like, negative plays that they have to get out of. This year is really A. If we only get five yards on him, we're getting five yards. Let's get 10. Let's get three. And I think that shows the maturation of Joe Burrow because we see quarterbacks in the league that Zach Wilson, we just need to check down, bro. Just give me get, just give me eight yards. Just give me five yards. We don't need the – we don't need that. So, Joe Burrow, can they win the division? Because the Ravens do look shaky. Hell, Yeah. Oh yeah, we can win the division. And, and to your point, like with, with everything that you just said, yes, it's it's part of the maturation process too. But like one thing that has been successful in Joe Burrow doing that is they're not putting themselves in, in third and long situations, right? When you throw that check down route or, or you throw it to Samaj P. Ron, uh, you know, going into the flat when the defense is sitting back playing over the top because they're afraid of T. Higgins beating them deep let that's a part of the run game now right you throw that swing route let him pick up you know eight nine yards on the ground and and now you're in second and one now you're in third and two situations so that's that's one part of it but the line's also been playing great these past four weeks Joe Burrow has time in the pocket he's not looking frazzled at all and, and the one thing that um I also think is part of the maturation process for him instead of like forcing it and throwing the long balls, he's using his legs a lot more. He had over 29 yards last game. Um, and you, you think about guys like Lamar Jackson and, and you don't think 29 yards is a lot, but like for a quarterback that's not a traditional runner and sits in the pocket and, and throws the football, like he knows when to tuck it and run it and just escape and get out of the pocket rather than sit there and try to make something happen. Like he did a ton of times last year, taking way too many hits. Yo, the Bengals are seven and two since starting off 0 and two this year. Right. They got things clicking right now and they won three or four without Jamar Chase. 
it, it ain't a Jamar Chase show. Jamar Chase is, is great to have. He opens up so much for you. But the, Joe Burrow's smart enough to to know who to get the ball to. You see him getting the ball to his tight end, T, uh, Hayden Hurst. Um, the run game has been looking great these past few weeks. So I'm, I'm excited to see where this team goes. And, you know, the beating the Titans was a great step in, in that direction in order to get some confidence. Look, we beat them the past four times we played them. So it wasn't a gimme going into that game because, you, you know, Derrick Henry's that guy, but hey, Bengals held him 17 carries, 31 yards. Big games, Bengals show up. And now we got the Chiefs who we beat twice last year. Let's see what happens. Greg, I want your, your take because you, you, I know you have Lamar Jackson's number directly and you be texting him. What's your concern level for the Ravens? Because they, they lose yet again another fourth quarter lead. They were up nine with five minutes left and let Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars come back and had Jacksonville, they they are feeling great about their quarterback because the way Trevor Lawrence came back, big time throws, they lose a fourth quarter lead yet again. And in respect to Lamar, the man is throwing to Patrick Ricard. Patrick Ricard has 13, um, <laughs> targets which is the most for anybody that's 300 pounds or more so throw that out there I mean you just kind of hit the nail on the head that's what it is with that team that team has failed him miserably that team has failed him miserably I mean you're talking about you know a last ditch effort to throw the ball you know 60 yards at the end of that game to Deshaun Jackson to make it interesting to get, to get that score to put him ahead before they gave it up anyways right at the end of the game he has no one to throw the ball to. And they dropped about three touchdown passes. Mark Andrews included, who's shorthanded as anybody, dropped one in the back of the end zone. He would have had like three or four touchdowns in that game if they had just caught the ball that was thrown, caught the balls that were thrown to him. So I mean it's it's tough. It's it's a tough situation over there because they didn't they didn't they didn't build around him the way they should have in the very beginning. And here we are, right? I mean, you're talking about a team that lacks offensive firepower just in, in its in totality. They don't have they don't have it. So, you know, that's why we are where we are right now. And Look, I mean, I think this is this is more interesting because seven and four in spite of all that, because he's that great, because Lamar is that great. Um, it's not a question of his greatness, obviously, but you know, you have to start start to think about how this all factors into contract contract negotiations. Because on his side, it's like, yo, do you even want to come back? Like, you know, like money aside, do you want to come back? This they haven't shown you that they're willing to build around you and do the things they need to do, right? Why are they not in the old Dell Beckham sweepstakes? It doesn't make any sense. That team should be the first in line. Right, they should, they should be making pitches. It shouldn't be Dallas making all, flirting with him publicly. It should be the Back. Lamar and, and the Ravens. It should be everybody in the Ravens front office flirting with him publicly, and that's not happening. It, they haven't shown the dedication to building around Lamar Jackson. That's that's been the problem, and that's where we where we are where we are. And again, this could come back to bite them when it comes down to sitting down at that negotiation table. We could see him get traded just because of this alone. Forget the money. If they could, they could come up with the money, but because he deserves it, he deserves every every penny. But will will that happen? Will he want to stay? That's the real question. Yeah, I think it's weird to me because it's like you look at the targets, half of the targets went to Demarcus Robinson, Patrick Ricard, and somebody else that was a fourth fourth option as a wide receiver last season. It makes no sense to me. You see where other teams are like, hey, unless you are the Chiefs, you try to get the ball to your main guys, your playmakers. Right now, his only playmaker is Mark Andrews. Granted, he be dropping a rock sometimes. 
Mark Andrews should be getting 15, 16 targets a game. You should not be like at the end of the game. I'm sure you watched the game in the fourth quarter. They threw a screen to Patrick Ricard, the fullback. Not Mark Andrews. Let Mark Andrews get a screen and try to make something happen. Patrick Ricard, what is he making happen on the screen? Respectfully, he's a fullback that does not, he's not like that. He's great for blocking purposes, but you're you're sending Drewski out on a screen. And it's like, hey, go make something happen. It's tough. It's tough. Schematically, yeah. team is schematically from a foundational standpoint, that team is screwed. They've done a terrible job offensively building around their quarterback, and yeah. there's no excuse for that. You didn't take advantage of the four-year window to win a championship. You didn't do it. So here we are. I mean, with the only wide receiver I remember them really adding of notice is Bateman. They drafted him. I mean, it, it it's it's been really sad uh, to see how this whole whole thing is kind of planned out for them. But I think it can really bite them in the butt come negotiation time for real like it's it's a real problem they have there but you know i'm not counting them out you know if they can they can shore some things up they can still make a run in the playoffs it's just you're very limited in what you can do you're very limited in what you can do offensively in the past game and that that's that's a, it's a shame because he's he's not talked about nearly enough as one of those best quarterbacks in the league and he's top i was telling chris yeah, he's top three top four that's where he's at like normally you know what i mean he's the best I mean, quarterback and just running back in the league when, when things are going right when things are humming you almost have to question like how serious they are about winning because you ship Marquise Brown off and you never backfilled him. You, you never brought Lamar Jackson another weapon. You, you thought Deshaun Jackson was the answer for that? Like, come on, man. Like they're not serious in, in their run game. Like they're, they're relying on, on J.K. Dobbins who got injured and, and now they're, they're putting too much pressure on. <laughs> Is that me? You good. You good. Who that no, you're I don't hear anything. Yeah, you good. Yeah, you good. He, he's here. It's bugging on his side. That's why. Y'all don't hear that music? My fault. I hear something now you're saying it. Now you're saying I hear something faint. But yeah, my, my fault. Yeah, my, my music on my computer was blasting. Um, my, yeah, my fault. <laughs> to uh, that old country road. No, nah, I thought I thought Tony's <laughs> computer was acting up again. Get out of here. It was, it was one of those ads. But now nah, what I was saying was that they rely too heavily on on Lamar Jackson to to be the run game. You can't have him rush 14 times. Yeah, he gets 89 yards, but there's no balance within that offense, especially when you have no weapons on the outside. Duvernay has been all right at times this year, but at the same time, like you really got to question how serious they are about winning because they've been in the the red zone the past nine times they've been in the red zone. They've only scored three times, and again, part of that has been drops, but at the same time, like. Yo, you get in the red zone and you got Lamar Jackson on your team, you got to get in. You got to get in. On the flip side, we talked about some good quarterback play. Bad quarterback play from Sunday. Mr. Dangerous himself, Russell Wilson, 19-35, 142, one TD with a 29.1 QBR. They said that the yelling situation wasn't no problem. It was just motivation to try to play better and make sure that the offense did their part. Broncos are three and eight. <laughs> it's, bad. I, it was, it's bad. It's bad. I don't, I don't, I'm literally at lost the words with the Russell Wilson situation. All day they've been talking about how do you get out of this contract? There's oh, no cool. way. There's, they're suckered into it. Like the cap hit is astronomical if they cut them and you can't. You just got to try to make it work, which 
think the first domino that's going to fall is that Hackett's going to get fired. I mean, that's a given at this point. You you got the quarterback, so you're not going to blame the you know $250 million man. You're going to chop the first-year head coach who, you know, he hasn't been calling a good game plan. So we'll see. I don't I don't like this team at all. The chemistry's gone. Coach has kind of lost the locker room because now guys are turning on each other. It's been this way though, because you've seen where KJ Hamler throws his hands up when Russ overthrows him and you know Jerry Judy and them on on the sideline talking. And now you got a guy stepping in your face. Like you're the highest paid guy. And this guy was in the, the AFL a couple years ago. Like he was playing in arenas. And he's stepping to you, yelling in your face, like, get it together. So something's got to give. I don't know if Russ is going to get it going this year. I don't know. Maybe if they fire him now, that possibly could. Uh, hold on, hold on. But they're going to wait till the end of the year. You don't pay someone $250 million a year to blame the head coach on why the offense is a net and can't do anything. Or you're one of the worst offenses in football. I don't, I don't understand that part. When I pay someone $250 million a year, I don't care who's coaching. I could coach. You you got to play above the X's and O's. That's what you're paying for. definitely getting fired. <laughs> I, yeah, all right, whatever. All right. I have no time for rebuttals. Like I said, I'm all about my business today. $250 million for a guy who can't play above the X's and O's. There's no excuse for that. That's all I'm going to say. I, and you can play – and hack it sucks. I, I, I'm with you on that, but – he's not the reason why Russell Wilson looks horrible. Russell Wilson is the reason why Russell Wilson looks horrible. Russell Wilson has been focused on all the wrong things for the longest time now. And we're not going to talk about, we're not going to blame anybody. Guy ain't going to partake, partake in those games. But what I will say is he been talking about less and less ride. He would even dress that drip down Balenciaga before the guy was showing up in Wilson track suits games and all that stuff. A guy, a guy from, where was he from? Bumble, wherever, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's not it's not him he's not he, it's a, it's an act it's a facade the team is over it the the, the guy yelling at him the afl guy who, who just is ha- happy to be here right who should be is screaming at you because he's tired of your bullshit he's tired of it like he's tired of it you know what i mean it's 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 old it's old all of it is old the facade everything before the game turn around circles jaws it's old finding this finding the nearest camera it's old you know what i'm saying like it, it's it's whack, bro. It's whack. Like it's all of it. Russell Wilson is whack. Like that's a word that people don't use anymore. He's whack. Like it's it because it's 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 so he tries so hard. He tries so hard, and that's the problem. I think even if he's playing bad, but you you erase all the other nonsense that, that comes with them that I'm talking about the tryhardism, all of it. Yo, I'm sure it's not the same. I'm sure Melvin Gordon doesn't want to kill him, want to strangle him on the sideline before he got cut. I'm sure this guy doesn't want to. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just. It's a lot. So, nah, man, I, what we ain't going to do is give this guy a pass and talk about Hackett. Yeah, Hackett's a fool. Hackett should go be on Breaking Bad or something like that. But at the end of the day, this guy, Russell Wilson, he's he's a problem. Like, he's it, – it's, it's a lot more than – with football. it's a lot less to do with football than people make it out to be. He, he has a lot of other things going on that make him tough to be, to be a teammate to and tough to root for, honestly. I don't think he's getting a pass, though. I think I'm talking about from you. It, I know you're not, not getting giving a pass. Him a pass. Two things can no, be right at the same time. The coach needs to go, and Russ needs to, you know, get his shit together. All right, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough. I think to your point too is just how he carries himself because Taylor Heineke 
isn't the best quarterback, but because he's liked in the locker room, he's a team player, he motivates them. The commanders be right behind Taylor, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback. He makes his mistakes here and there, but they throwing chains on him. It's right. Russ. It's Russ. Like most teams would be like, hey, you're going to have some bad games. You might be having a bad year. You might be struggling. It's him and his personality. Kirk didn't play that well on Thanksgiving. They still were showing man's love. Justin Jefferson might have broke the record. He might be having 2,000 yards every season if he didn't have Kirk Cousins. He'd still be showing Kirk Cousins love. It's Russell Wilson. Yeah. Russ. It's, just, it's literally just Russ. Like, Russ really got to look in the mirror, which I don't think he's doing. But like you said, he'd be focused on everything else. I just found out today he got a podcast now. Of course he does. Of course he does. They got, they got no choice but to make a work with Russ. They give up five picks for him, and they're paying him entirely way too much. You you got to figure out a way to get him playing like his old self. Hey, you've got to dumb down the playbook. It's I. That's what I think. I think he has too much freedom, in my opinion. I, that's why I think I think he dumb down the playbook, run the ball more, easier throws, gimme throws. That's where we, that's where we're at. You got to baby him. Freedom, freedom in a playbook goes to the top three, top five quarterback. And he's not, he's not that. Which is insane. And, that we're talking about babying a, a Super Bowl winning quarterback. That's insane. I'm glad you said that, Chris. I'm glad because that the thing that people forget is that what made Russell Wilson special was the fact that he played within a structure where they ran the ball a ton with Marshawn Lynch. It was all based on the run game and everything happened off the run game. A lot of play action, easy, easy reads. And on top, half field reads, even half field reads, right? He developed a deep ball later, but the magic in him was, oh, I'm going to make this guy miss. That will make this guy miss. That will get 15 yards. I'm going to scramble. I'm going to run around like Kyle Murray. Or I'm, I'm, as I'm scrambling, I'm going to find Tyler Lockett because the coverage breaks down. I've been, I've been dancing for so long. They can't cover no more. That's gone. That's gone. The, the, the physical ability. What, what happened with Wilson, too, is you watch him, man. He, he's starting to get a little wider, wider, and wider every year. He put on a little weight. That, he, he's compact. He's a real compact dude. You know what I'm saying? So, now he's putting on weight. He's getting a little pudgier. He gets to Sierra. He's eating good. You know, he wakes up in the morning. Got her chef making him breakfast. He's he's adding that weight to his frame. The 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 magic was in the, his athletic ability. The, don't do. <laughs> the magic was the magic was this nigga. This nigga ain't shit. The magic the magic was in his. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ariana on you, bro. The magic. I'm sorry. Ariana on you, bro. The, the magic was was great. The, the magic he had was crazy. He threw the whole show off, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't even say nothing. Yo, nah, you gotta you gotta send a picture to the chat so Miles can see because <laughs> it's gonna make complete sense when he see it. <laughs> it's wrong, bro. Yo, concern level at what concern level? A scale of one to ten. Ten being like, hey, hit the panic button. We have a problem. One, I'm not so worried about though. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, five and six. They lose to the Browns. Bad clock management. Todd Bowles not looking good. Tom Brady not looking good. On a scale of one to ten, how concerned are you about the Bucs with the Falcons one game behind them also, by the way? I'm not concerned about them winning the division, but I'm more concerned about what are they going to do in the playoffs? Because, I mean, Tom Brady is kind of, He's not washed, but he's not making all the throws that I'm used to him making. So he's mid. Tom Brady's now, mid. Now he now, is. He sucks. He calls now. spade a spade. Yeah. He's, 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 
He don't belong in the field. He sucks. Tom Brady sucks. That's where we're at now. And it's okay. I think people should enjoy watching him suck. It wasn't fun watching him be good. I didn't enjoy it. I sure as hell didn't enjoy it. He sucked. And I personally, I enjoy it. I, I revel in it. Of course, you know, the irony is that he sucks when the black head coach takes over though. That's what pisses me off. You suck now. The black guy takes over. You couldn't suck with a white guy running the organization. Running, running the head, being the head coach. You couldn't suck with Arians. You suck when uh, my man uh, Todd Bowles takes over. That's wrong, man. Like you see, but he's so anti-black. That's what he does. So I'm gonna say, he sucks. Hey, I'd say this too though. Miles tried to tell every Tampa Bay fan Todd Bowles wasn't gonna be it. He he tried to warn y'all on the show. No, and Tom did not look good. But Todd Bowles, terrible clock management. Ter- you have Tom Brady. I get it. It's not Tom Brady that we know, that we're so used to, and that everybody outside of Greg loves. You played to go into overtime. They weren't even playing to win with Tom Brady. Todd, you got you to gotta wear that too. Todd Bowles, you got to wear that. It's not looking good for Todd Bowles. I know that's Bruce Arians boy and Bruce was trying to do the right thing of putting a black man as a coach, but Todd might have to go back to being a defensive coordinator and assistant. Mm-hmm. He not, he not built to be a head coach. I think, I think this just shows that Bruce was, he had a hand in that offense more than people give him credit for, honestly, because since he's been gone, the offense has been shaky. Like he was there last year, you know, the offensive coordinator always gets the credit, but Kind of like Andy Reid, you got to give Bruce Arians his his credit too. Like he's he's been around this game and he's coached up quarterbacks and he's made them look good. Once he leaves, now Tom Brady's struggling. I think I think it's a mix of age and you know the play calling, and he's missing you know that more offensive minded head coach. Like Ty Bowles is more tapped in on defense. So I mean, Leftwich he can only do so much. Yeah, but don't you think from from Tom Brady's standpoint, right? You you won however many Super Bowls now, six six Super Bowls. Don't you think you've seen it all from an offensive standpoint, and and you can kind of like you know what's gonna get the team going, right? You think he has the status to like veto whatever Leftwich is calling? Because I think he does. Hey, I think he should have called them timeouts himself. Once he looked over to the sideline and saw, right, I wasn't calling the timeouts. Hey, you not gonna do your job, Todd? All right, time out. Like it's Tom Brady, ain't it? Bowles, Bowles, Bowles don't even know how to speak to the media. He, he's he's one tone, no emotion. He he not challenge. He not stepping to Tom Brady. I'm telling you that. Hey, we saw we saw what he did in New York. He was terrible with the media in New York, and they was like, "Oh, it's a big market. New York is tough." No, Todd ain't good. Period. The church Todd in the off season got to take a public speaking class. He. <laughs> It's, it's bad. It's no matter what media he is. Yeah, that's just who he is. He's not. He's not gonna give you, you know, fun sound bites. He's just. He just does his job. It ain't even gonna be a fun sound bite. He'll, he'll only be looking mad or sad when they move. Are you saying? Let, let him spend a, a week with Greg. He'll, he'll be calling people black ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be great with the media. I'll, I'll be great with the media, bro. A band should be incredible. Scale of one to ten, how concerned are we for the? Four and eight Cardinals on a two-game losing streak. Ten. It's over. I mean, over. they can fire the coach, but I think it's the organizational problem. You 
you have your organization puts out a met an addendum in the contract to embarrass him like for no other reason than to, to embarrass him about his time spent um playing video games <laughs> as opposed to watching film and then you've got him beefing with the coach who proclaimed his love for him when he got the job and had been recruiting him since he'd been in texas like back when he was in high school as the greatest high school college high school quarterback in texas history arguably you know and here we are now. Here we are now. So it's it's bad. I mean, it, I would say changing the coach would make a big difference, and and it will. I mean, for a lot of it can, but because Cal Murray is still very talented, and we know how good he can be. We've seen it. It's not like we haven't seen it. We haven't seen him be successful in the league. We've seen that he's a Pro Bowl guy. So we know that it's there. But is the marriage, you know, just dead? Like that's the real question between those two, between you know, Kyle Murray and the Cardinals. That's the real question at play here. I, I personally, I I think it could be. And if it is, I, you know, I think you could be looking at Colin Murray being on the market soon, which is crazy to say because guys that good don't get traded. Uh, and I know he hasn't played well, but he, he is a really good player, a really talented player. It's just it's been a crappy situation and in large part because of his play. He's been bad this year, but I think a lot of things go into it. And I think a general unhappiness of the situation and culture in Arizona lead, is leading to it. We'll get a we'll get a first hand look at that in the first knocks. Oh, first knocks. Hard knocks. Hard knocks. See how hungry I am? On to on to Capper facts. Aaron Rodgers got injured, two touchdowns, two interceptions before his injury. Jordan Love comes in six for nine, 113 yards, one TD. Capper facts is A Rod's time in Green Bay winding up. I'd say facts. I mean, I feel like it's reached that point. Like Jordan Love's been here for what, three years now. And I mean, he looked good in that time that he was out there, albeit like it was a quarter and a half. So it's not like he was doing this the whole game against that Eagles all defense and they didn't have time to prepare for him. So, but like, you got to see what you have. This was the same thing that happened with Rogers and Favre. He sat out for like two, three years and then, Something happened and you gotta you gotta move on. But I think it's best for both team or both parties, I mean, to just move on. Like Rogers, he needs to change the scenery. Packers, they need somebody, you know, who's not so hell bent on winning right now with the youth that they have on this team. Because let's be frank, they've made it to the the, the NFC championship the last two years or before last year, two years in a row, and nothing came out of it. Then they got rid of the weapons. So clearly there's a disconnect. Like, you get rid of Devontae Adams, you're not showing me you really want to win. You're showing me that we're thinking about maybe moving on. But then, you know, he wins two MVPs. So how do you move on from a guy who just, you know, showed he's still at the top of his game? So there was a disconnect there, and now you're kind of seeing that it's it's – falling apart so I think they could use this time he's got that thumb injury now he's got a rib injury maybe you sit him maybe you see what you got in in Jordan Love one more time to just confirm some things because I think they already know that they want to move forward with Jordan Love but now you got to see it in some game action now yeah I say the net the last five games put the rock in Jordan Love's hand especially since y'all got to decide this offseason if they're going to give him the fifth-year option, let them play, 
see what you got. Are we going to give him a fifth-year option? If it sucked, hey, you got eight. You have Aaron Rodgers to fall back on. Look at it again next season. But A-Rod don't look good. And I would warn teams that want to trade for A-Rod. Look what happened with Russ. Russ, before this season, did not look good at the end of the season in Seattle, which definitely rolled over into Denver. A-Rod has not looked like himself this season. Don't trade for A-Rod and expect it's going to be back 40 touchdowns and six interceptions. Hey, I say be patient. Maybe wait for the draft, but don't trade for A-Rod. Russell Wilson is a pure example of why you should not do that. <coughs> Capital facts. Sean Payton has called Caleb Williams a generational talent. Greg has said one of the best prospects since Andrew Luck. Is this cap or facts? Like let Chris hop in there because he called me drunk. That's how I said since I said it. I said he's the best prospect since Andrew Luck. You're on mute, by the way. <laughs> I ain't call you drunk. I asked if you was drinking. There's a difference. You, you was a little tipsy. You was a little tipsy. Because I think oh, what? Apple juice. I don't I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah, we know Shirley Temples. Like, we, we yeah, we know you like your Shirley's. Um I think Tone, I think correct me if I'm wrong. Greg said he 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 was the best since Andrew Luck. Is that correct, Greg? I I actually yes, right. Yeah, let's okay. go with that. All, all I'm saying is there's a conversation to be had on if he is the best since Andrew Luck. There's other guys that could could easily be mentioned. When you talk about Caleb Williams, look, I, I said it last year. He's 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 the Heisman favorite this year. He, he's probably going to win the Heisman. Has USC off to eleven and one start. He's playing great. The the dude has a sixty five percent completion rate. He he's he's going on a tear right now with thirty four TDs. Like he, he's the complete package. He's been with Lincoln Riley. He knows the system. You know, you know he has talent around him too. The only thing I'm saying is that if you the distinction, if you look at his pass attempts, right, compared to some of these other quarterbacks' pass attempts, the numbers are skewed there. The numbers are skewed there because Caleb Williams, where he's at right now, he's thrown 407 pass attempts this year so far, while other quarterbacks like Bryce Young, they're still in the early 300s, you know, mid-300s. mid, mid So they are passing – Caleb Williams airing the out of that ball. You know, that that's – they're relying on him to throw the football, right? So – the numbers are skewed there because, you know, a few comparisons here. Justin Fields, right? Justin Fields was him, too. Justin Fields was him at, at Ohio State. Had Led them to 3-1, and one, I mean 13-1, 9-0 in the conference, 67% completion rate, and 41 touchdowns and three interceptions that whole year, right? But if you want to talk about, you know, the numbers and where they're at, Justin Fields threw 41 touchdowns on 354 attempts, Right? 41 touchdowns on 354 attempts. Think about that. And Caleb Williams midseason is already at 407 attempts and only 34 touchdowns, right? So their numbers are skewed there. And that's that's what I'm saying. Like, people got to slow the brakes. I think Caleb Williams is a great player. I think he's going to be a great player. Um, but I'm going Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields was, was a better quarterback in college just because he was highly efficient with the pass attempts and, and the plays that he had. He, and he's highly accurate, too. Nah, I ain't rocking with that. I can't, I can't do that. I can't do it. Hey, the, the, when, you, when you brought up Justin Fields, I thought this was interesting because I was watching CJ Stroud this weekend 
And I always was trying to understand the, the, because I admittedly am not the biggest college football fan because it, it just is lower quality football. It's just not great to watch. I don't know how people do it, but I watch it for the quarterbacks. And when I, when I looked at CJ Stroud this weekend and saw him get blasted by Michigan, Michigan, I'm like, I'm watching, I'm watching. I'm like, all right, well, the, the knock on Ohio state quarterbacks coming out of coming out of college is more that they say in the big 10, you get a lot of wide open reads really the trench plays better than the cornerback play. The cornerback play is not that great. Guys are wide open. And at Ohio state, you're throwing the one you're throwing to guys like Marvin Harrison, jr. Uh, Jackson, Nigma, whatever his name is, you know, you're, you're throwing <laughs> to guys like that. And they're wide, they're wide open beating these no name cornerbacks at Northwestern beating these no name quarterbacks at, at, at Rutgers right like that's what we're talking about the, the quality of play is so much lower in that big 10 so i, I i'm watching cj stroud he's hitting things when he when they're open he's accurate he certainly is but i can see him falling in the draft a little bit i can understand why because when things get critical in that pocket when they, and he has to make something happen it gets ugly it gets real ugly because things are perfect over there it's a well-scripted machine over there in ohio state so for me for my money, Caleb Williams going into USC, a team that had that, that was not relevant beforehand. They were let's be real, okay? That that franchise, that program was dead before uh, my man Lincoln Riley took the job, and then they got Addison over from Pitt to come over. He, he's going to be a top pick and a top first round, a first round pick in the draft. So that helps him, Caleb Williams. And the O line's playing good football, but things break down. Things break down in Caleb's face, Caleb's, Caleb Williams' face, and he's making things happen off script. He's th making throws on the field. He's running to his left full speed, throwing across his body. The ball's going 90 miles an hour out of his hands. He has physical traits that, that I haven't seen a, corner, a quarterback have since Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes, it, it looks like Pat Mahomes. It looks like him. It feels like that. I guess when I watch Pat Mahomes, no matter how bad the play is, I feel like he's going to make happen. That, that's the kind of magic that Caleb Williams has. So for me, from a talent perspective, I haven't seen anybody that good in a very, very, very long time. Trevor Lawrence, I, didn't think, I don't think Trevor Lawrence was this good. I really don't. The, the ability to create something out of nothing that Caleb Williams has, just something out of nothing ability, like what, what he does is uncanny. And then when he's on script, he makes the easy look easy. He hits you, he hits you right in the, in the numbers. You're going to be good on script too. Like he can do it so many different ways and hurt you so many different ways. It's impossible to game plan for him, which is why I think he's the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck because of all those reasons. You know what I mean? USC is not even, they're the only one recruiting class in. They're not even that far away from being bad a year ago. And the only real difference is that they have Caleb Williams and Addison. That's it. And, and here we are, a college football playoff contender. That's where we're probably going to make it. And so when you flip a franchise or uh, a franchise, I guess you call them franchise or a program over that quickly, you, you got to be considered generational. I mean, for real, I, I he looks like he's ready. He looks like he's ready. The only weird thing he does is paint his name. That's it. That's a good point. I, look, I ain't say he's not generational. I just don't think he's the best QB prospect. You said Justin feels better though, and that's why I was like, ah. Yeah. I, don't know I, I, I think you can. I think you can make a case for Bryce Young. Bryce Young, his sophomore year last year went crazy, forty-seven touchdowns and only seven interceptions. So who is he playing with last year? Who's he playing with though? He's playing with a well-oiled machine in Alabama. I'm not. I, he is, but I, he's playing. I, he's also he he's playing he's playing at Alabama, but the competition in the SEC is stiff. You you playing dogs week in and week out. That's true. That's true. I'll give you that. I mean, Alabama still, I mean, in comparison to their counterparts in the SEC, Georgia, they look, they look a little brothers to them. Like it's still the competition level. You know what I mean? Like this is why, this is my problem with college football. Like the number one team is so much better than the number two team. It's not close. And I, I can't stand that about college football. Obviously Alabama's down this year, but 
this year is a bit more fun. You see UC USC, like I said, like they're only one year out from nonsense, from just being not good and not relevant. And here we are. He's the best player they've ever had. Caleb, Caleb Williams is the best player they've ever had. And they had Reggie Bush. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's crazy. It's crazy about the Heisman. They, they, that's USC that's, that's going to that's gonna cause some, some reaction. You got to post that because that's, that's, that's definitely going to cause some reactions. Sure uh, I, I wouldn't go as far to say he's better than Reggie Bush. Now you're bugging. Now, now you're drinking. He's a quarter. He's a, he plays a more position, a more important position than Reggie Bush did. That's all I'm gonna say. Low, lower, okay. lower your your screen. You got Casamigos over there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that black ass drink. <laughs> <laughs> Last capital facts: <clears throat> the Jerry Jones situation was blown out of proportion. Capital facts. Cap. Yeah. Cap. Cap. I'm with y'all, Cap. Cap. I, Whoever want to take the floor first. I, I, you can make a lot of different arguments and say, you know, I, I've heard that he was young and you know he was he was he was a kid and, you know, you, you what, what were you doing when you were when you were 14 or 15? I'll tell you what I wasn't doing and involving racist mobs at 14, 15. I know I knew what racism was. I knew I want. I, obviously, I'm black. I want nothing to do with it in any form. I was not prejudiced in any way. I knew prejudice was wrong. I knew that uh, uh, discriminating discriminating against anybody because of their skin color or their way of life or their or their or anything like that was wrong. Right? I knew that. I knew right from wrong at that age. Now, yeah, Jerry Jones ain't me. No one else is me. But I'm pretty sure Chris wasn't involved in a racist mob either, and he was in Connecticut. I'm sure you saw plenty of them. So the point. So the point is. <laughs> now nah, I can't let that slide. That's wild. <laughs> That's wild. I'm, I'm messing with you, but but crazy. You said I was in the front up. The back on track, though. Back on track. But you know, it, it's I can't give him that, man. Like you know, it was the biggest story in America at the time that they were going to be integrating that school uh, political leadership uh, in the state, right? What, what was it, Arkansas? Right? Uh, was it Arkansas, Arkansas. or with Little Rock? Right? They were they were very clear about getting involved and making sure that this didn't happen under any circumstances that these black students weren't allowed, weren't allowed not allowed to pass at the time. And let's say, and fine, let's say that Jerry Jones was just there as a spectator. Let's just say that. It, it doesn't make it any better. Like, that's the thing. I don't, I don't understand how it makes it any better. It's not a better optic either way. You know what I mean? It's actually pretty symbolic of what society is, right? White people will stand by and watch black people go through hell and say nothing and go about life like it's normal. That's 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 what this country is, right? White people will sit there and do nothing. They'll post little black squares and and go back to going to their frat parties the next day or playing beer pong, whatever the hell they were doing before. That's what it was, exactly, Chris. Like that's that's what it is. That's that's symbolic of what life is. So even if you want to make the case that he's young and he he he's you know he he he, he was just there, he was just there and he was seeing what the what the ruckus was about. I'm not saying he, I expect the guy to break it up. Like, I'm, and I'm, I'm just working off this premise, by the way. I don't believe that that was the case. I believe that he was very aware of what was going on. He, you know, those guys knew him, the people that were in the angry mob. He go, and, and it's, it's, it's ugly. It's ugly, right? It's a bad look. Yeah, you're 14. I get it. But it's, it's racism. We grade it on a different scale, okay? If he robbed the bank, I'd be more forgiving than this, okay? I'd feel different about it if he, if he if, you know, I'm serious. Like, I, I so... Look, I, I just have a hard time with it. And I think that 
any black person who is going to go out there like Stephen A. Smith did on, on a limb and tell me that <laughs> and defend him, put your cape on for him in public. That's not the move, man. That's not the move. That's not the move at this time. It really ain't because nothing else flies. Kyrie Irving did what he did. We all got on him. Cash we all got on him with no problem. No problem. No yeah. and, quickness. With the quickness. And my frustration with Kyrie Irving wasn't even about him posting, posting what he posted. It was about the fact that he was going to not play basketball again. That was my frustration as a Nets fan. Th that's the thing. It had, it had nothing to do about what he did. It was stupid what he did. But no one had a problem telling him, calling him anti-Semitic. I have Jewish friends that were rushing to call him anti-Semitic. You know what I mean? Qu with the quickness. So now Jerry Jones gets a pass because what? He was 14? Dude, any white person at that time, no matter what age you were, was likely racist. Like, what do we mean? Like, what, what, you know what I'm saying? Like, anyone could have been racist. You could have been 14, 8, 7. You were taught. Racism is taught. Racism is right. taught. It's passed down generation to generation to generation. So it was passed down to him. It was passed down to Jerry Jones, right? It, we, can, we can safely make that assumption. He doesn't hire black people. You know what I mean? He was the same guy who was telling all his players to toe that line and stand up with their hands on their hearts when Colin Kaepernick's situation was going down and they wanted to protest. He was the same person who was in no rush to embrace that situation. He doesn't, he doesn't do anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, just because you he employs Black people, he gets rich off the, the backs of Black people, right? He does a great job of whining and dining Black people. Like, clearly Stephen A. Smith has been whining and dined by him, right? Letting him fly his PJs and all that stuff. And I'm sure Stephen A. gets incredible perks knowing Jerry Jones. I'm sure Jerry Jones is real nice to your face. I'm sure he is. That's not the problem. That's not, what's, that's not what we're talking about, right? We're talking about a, a, a disease, something that, that's been passed down. and. I, to, to to belittle that because he's he was young at the time, it, it's grossly irresponsible. It's grossly irresponsible. I can't do that. Like I can't do I can acknowledge the fact that you were young, but I can also say that at that time, most young people, as you as you can see, at that angry mob, most of them were like 14, 15. Some of those guys were ready for war, ready to put hands on those black guys, right? Like, and and they were young. What's their what's their excuse? Like, I I, I don't understand. Like, well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play semantics or something like that. It's too serious. I'm sorry, it's too serious. He could have done. At 14 years old, kids shoplift, kids do all types of crazy stuff, man. Like, I get it. Like, you shoplift. Things, things happen. at 14 years old. Right. Things happen. Mistakes happen in life. And I'm not saying that Jerry, Jerry Jones is irredeemable. I'm not even saying that. I'm not saying he's irredeemable. He's not. I don't believe that he's irredeemable. I don't believe that this is something he can't come back from. But acknowledge it for what it is. That's my problem. Just acknowledge it for what it is. Because when Black people make mistakes, we are quick to, to, to bury them. Let's bury them alive. Nike jumped off that band, that wagon fast. I ain't seen none of the sponsors who sponsors the Dallas Cowboys jumping off that bandwagon. None. They're all still there. They're all, so that's all I'm saying, right? Yeah. The, the, power, the power dynamic is too messed up to be giving a white guy a pass for something that egregious. That's all I'm going to say. I, I, had, I, had, I had the same – you hit the nail on the head, but I, I had the same frustration as you in terms of, like, yo, Jerry Jones had a, had a chance to rectify this. You know, he, he did an interview, and he, all he did was make excuses and, and basically said, like, he was curious and, he, you know, he didn't know what was going on that day and, you know, kind of just wrong place, wrong time type of thing and caught on camera and just kind of played it off as like, yeah, I, I didn't know what I was doing there type of thing. But at the end of the day, like, like Greg said, racism is taught and all Jerry Jones had to do, because th this is something that he could come back from. All he had to do is, is say, hey, you know, this is what I did at that time, you know, 
this isn't me now, you know, my perspective has changed and things like that. And, and, you know, people can respect that. You know what I mean? Cause North Little Rock, Arkansas is crazy time back then. And again, a lot of people were racist at that time. So it, it wouldn't be su surprising that if, if that was taught to, to Jerry when he was growing up. Right. But if he acknowledged, you know, through experiencing life and, and meeting different people and, and saying, Hey, you know, throughout my journey, my life journey, you know, I, I learned that, you know, I don't want to be racist. You know, I learned that that's not me. Then we wouldn't be having this conversation if, if he kind of put that all to bed, but it, if he came on the radio, started making excuses. And now it's like, come on, man. And then you got black folks making excuses for him after the fact. You, yeah, what, what are we doing? What part me. of the game is this? I can't get behind that. I'm sorry, Bomani, Stephen A. I can't get behind well, that. Why though? Why, who, who, who's writing them checks? Facts. You know what I'm saying? I, is that deep? Is, is that Bob Iger, Jerry Jones, they buddies? Is that deep? Like, it's that deep. You know what I mean? Like, that's why you, sometimes it's better to go to sources, uh, places where they don't have any chips on the table. I'm not getting paid by a big conglomerate. I ain't got a paycheck getting signed by these dudes, right? Now I get paid by a big conglomerate, but they ain't gonna see this clip. <laughs> but, but, you know, but not like the, I'm not, it's not, I'm not in the line of fire like a guy like Stephen A. Smith is or Bomani Jones is. So I think that probably skews their opinion a bit, but I, I, I can't do this. I can't watch Jerry Jones make excuses about it, make excuses for it. And then we over here, us, why can't black people never agree on anything uniformly? Why? Everybody else does. When Jews were, when, 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 when Jews were upset about the anti-Semitic post, man, it was all them. It was with the quickness. They were jumping on dude with the, with so fast Kyrie. If Kyrie lost Nike, bro. That, that, that shoe makes a lot of money. Kids buy that, them Kyries, bro. Are you serious? You know how much money they gave up just to make a point? And we can't come together on anything and agree on anything. It's unbelievable, bro. It's unbelievable. I don't know what Jerry Jones would have had to done. I, would, if, so if Jerry Jones was 14 and smiling next to a hanging body on a tree, hanging back black body on a tree, would we, would we say the same thing? Mm. I don't understand. Like, he, he was there for one of the most heinous, heinous acts. Like, segregation was crazy. And it was all bred out of... And I, we can't get into segregation talk because this ain't this ain't that. But and whether or not it was, it was beneficial, we ain't gonna do that because this ain't that. But it's like you know, you know where that it was came from a spirit of hate, and you were there. Like you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's crazy, and to have no remorse talking about it all these years later. That I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna sit here and make excuses to do. I can't do that, bro. The thing I point out. Unless Miles want to say something, and I'll end the Jerry Jones conversation. There was a school that actually dealt with the same thing with the segregation of trying to get Black students inside, and the National Guard was sent in to escort them in. So this was the second school in Little Rock that dealt with this. You trying to convince me that the second school trying to integrate black kids into the school, Jerry Jones had no idea. What else have you been doing? The guard was there in Little Rock for another school, the National Guard, not the local police, the National Guard was in your city before. Your dad owned a little supermarket. You telling me, and you worked at the supermarket, Within right. that time frame, nobody talked about it at the supermarket. You ain't hear your family talk about it. You ain't hear your parents talk about it. 
none of the kids at the school talked about it because they all just decided to come together and meet them at the top of the stairs and you just was curious. What were you curious about? Nobody was talking about it on the way up the stairs. We're going to stop them Negroes from getting it. Nobody mentioned nothing. You just happened to be there at the front of the line. And on top of that, he played football. And according to that article that was posted, his the football coach at the time told all the players not to go to, to the protest that's supposed to be going on tomorrow. He said, I don't want to see none of you jokers there. Jerry Jones front and center. Well, so, to tell me, to, you think I'm going to believe what you're saying that you just happen to be there for curiosity. I think it's full cat. The thing is, he's protected. He's a white man in America, so he's straight. He good. Ain't nothing to worry about. Black issues don't matter. You could, if you, if this was flipped and they found, oh, Antonio at 14 was doing something racist. What if, what if they, what if they found a picture, hey, what if they found a picture of Braun at a, at a, at a Nazi protest somewhere in America when he was 13? What do you think would have happened? It's done. Find, are you serious, bro? You know what a hat they are, bro. As it is, when black kids black, black kids are to, are treated like adults because it, it for for you know outside for people on the outside it justifies you you know treating them as a target, right? So you you treat them like they're older than they are. You know, Tamir Rice being twelve getting shot when he's playing with a toy gun. Age didn't matter then, right? Like I we can't even go down that rabbit hole, bro. All I'm gonna say is this bullshit that. You know, we got black people in the media, prominent black folk in the, in the media, really over here caping and cooning from a man, Jerry Jones, for no good reason. It makes no sense. It, it's ridiculous. And I know why it's happening. You're taking your bag. But hey, man, I, I don't know. If, if this ain't bigger than your bag, I don't know whatever will be. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Well, you know, you come to Benjamin, we're going to keep it a stack. So. <laughs> We don't work for ESPN. So. When the sponsors are rolling, to, when when Red Bull start giving us some bread, we see how that go. All right. We gonna have to be like we gonna have to be like Red and Marshall. Them. Y'all gonna have to know what y'all signed up for. We gonna talk <laughs> about these topics. This is what it is. <laughs> you just gonna they're have gonna to. They gonna start tapping this faster than Gregory Hines. Hey, look, y'all could y'all can sponsor us, and y'all just know, hey, we sponsor Bench Mob, so that means we definitely like black people. Y'all can do that. <laughs> Y'all can go that route. Oh boy. Flipping over to basketball. Over the last 10 games, Golden State is seven and three, three games out of the first seed. Clay paying well again. The Lakers, AD is playing specifically well. They still subpar. They're five and five over their last 10 games. Who's the favorite in the West? And what do you think? Like, what is the reason for the Lakers' hesitation of why a trade has not yet been made? Who favored in the West is a tough question to answer. Because <laughs> it's so wide open. It's so wide open. I mean, the Warriors are pick, can pick it back up. They've gotten a road win since we last spoke, which they didn't have before then. And um Guys are starting to play well. I, I think I to figure out the Jordan Poole enigma situation. I don't know why he's being so bad. It's, if it's as simple as him not starting, then you may want to consider trading him. Is that serious? Um, but it's tough to gauge the West Warriors. I mean, obviously Memphis is huge. A, a Luka, the, the Mavericks, a team that looked great 
where when we last spoke about basketball, they were they're one in five, like with Luca scoring where Luca doesn't score over 30 points, right? So they're very Luca reliant. I don't really believe in that. I'm I'm not a fan. They signed uh, Kimba. Right. Like, like that'll solve a problem, right? Um, but I think, you know, it, it's it's the Suns, it's the Grizzlies, I think they're are very, very good basketball team. Very, very good basketball team. They can really make a good run and potentially get to a finals uh, Desmond, if Desmond Bang is back healthy, which I'm sure he will in time. Um, so the Grizzlies and Suns are probably the two teams I, I lock into the most. I'm not a believer in Denver. Uh, I'm not a believer in them. I think Jokic is a, is a defensive liability. And if they ran into the Lakers and the Lakers actually had their act together and they just run into a dominant big, right, like an Anthony Davis, the way he's playing, it could be real dark for him. Um, as well, but it's not, it has nothing to do with his offensive ability. It's just more so about the defensive liability that he can be. I think Bruce Brown, Bruce Brown's been great for them, but, um, and that's a nice ad, but I'm not much of a believer. So I think those two teams, the Suns and Grizzlies right now, if you ask me right now, Suns and Grizzlies are my two uh, contenders. I think that's where I would go with that at the moment. I don't know what Miles thinks, but it's kind of how I feel about that at the moment. I mean, yeah, I like the Suns so far, but I also like Golden State. I think at some point they're going to figure it out. This is a team that's been been around the block. I feel like they've just been kind of coasting a little bit just because it's like this is – I guess some teams feel like these November games or October games don't mean as much. Like they can turn it on when they want to, which I know they can. I mean, they got Steph, Draymond. They got guys who know how to play, know how to win. And they did it last year. They, they got it done last year. So – my belief is I think Golden State, when it's all said and done, they'll be top two seed, maybe even top one seed. So I think they'll just go on a run. And you can see Steph possibly winning another MVP this year if things, you know, go that way. Hey, three games out of, out of first right now. Steph looks great. He's looked great all season, and he's actually – what was it, last game? He didn't get any points the first quarter. He's still in there with like 32. And that was in mind of trying to get Clay going, trying to get Clay flowing. And he might have found his thing. He came out and said, hey, I was on social media too much. I was reading the comments. He got rid of his social media. So we might see, we might see a scary Clay for the rest of the season. He turned off, he turned off the Instagram and the Twitter. Super toxic place to be. <laughs> You, you, you asked about the Lakers and why they're hesitant to make a trade too, right? That was the second half of the question. I think there's a couple of factors. I think first off, Anthony Davis is playing out of his mind um, and it kind of optimizes what that group can do. Lonnie Walker is playing good basketball too. He's playing, I've been talking trash about him, God knows, on this podcast since the season started. He's been playing really well. He's, he's embraced the role. He's done a good job. And the big thing about that team that's going unspoken about is Anthony, um, Anthony uh, Austin Reeves, his development. He's actually become a heck of a basketball player honestly I like him a lot on ball he's done a great job for them facilitating knocking down shots at a higher clip too he's he's a hooper man he's a hooper he's he's legit and I think you know I think what they're doing is they're getting a gauge on what the value of each individual player on that team is before they make a big move or they make a move at all I'm sure there's something in the cards they wouldn't have bought Brown wouldn't have came back I really don't believe he would have come back um certainly not for a two-year deal anyways if he didn't think that they would have that they would have done everything it took right, to make this happen and get the players around him that he needs. So I think they're just kind of getting engaged on what they can trade for who. I think Russ is still very much on the table. I think Russ does get moved because he's their best. He's one of their best assets. He's a six-man of the year kind of caliber right, player right now. Um, so I think those are some big things, and that's why you're seeing them take their time. In addition to that, 
letting guys like AD find their rhythm and seeing what the team can even max out at at this time is kind of a good idea. You wait till the quarter mark of the season and like what December, and then you really start to get aggressive with the the conversations about trades and who you're going to go after and where you think your team needs to be headed. So I think that's kind of what we're looking at right now, to be honest. I think that's what, 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 that, what this team is going to end up doing. And I think they'll make a move eventually. It's just a matter of being a little patient if you're a Lakers fan. I think they're going to make two moves. They'll probably get rid of Russ. And I'm, I was reading, they're trying to probably get rid of Pat Bev, but you got to wait till December 15th when he's able to be traded. So Pat Bev, Russ, yeah. both probably will be traded. And Pat Bev has looked abysmal this year. He's looked abysmal, honestly, over the last couple of years after he said to Steph that the next five years was his. That was <laughs> – it has not been his at all. We're going to close out the show. Before we even go that, Kawhi Leonard, absolute robbery. Five games out of 21 games. <laughs> five games. Played five games out of possible 21 games that he could have played this year. Absolute robbery. Yeah. One player that has been balling out that the Lakers actually had at one point, Kyle Kuzma. Over the last five games, he's averaging around 26 points, eight and a half rebounds, and around six assists. He's actually averaging more rebounds than Kristaps Porzingis. That's a whole nother, nother thing. Um, who would you rather, Kyle Kuzma, Andrew Wiggins? Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> I don't feel like that's that easy, bro. <laughs> He's had too quick. Uh, I think if Kyle Kuzma was on the uh, Warriors, he looked just as good. I'm, I'm being honest. Uh, give me Kyle Kuzma, man. Give me Kyle Kuzma. Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant's really good. I got, I got to say, up, up, up front and personal on Friday night. And I got Kahoot, man. Yeah, sorry, Miles. <laughs> Perfect transition for the last one. Kyle Kuzma or Julius Randle? Kyle Kuzma. Oh, Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> Give me Kyle. I, I got to see that up close and personal too. Randall. Hey man, I I hate the way he plays basketball so much. He is so unenjoyable to watch. Give me Kyle Honestly. Kuzma. Give me Kyle Lowry. Give me Kyle Pitts. I'll take all of them. Kyles. He's taking Kyle. He's taking Kyle Lowry and his BBL over over uh all right. over uh, over Randall. <laughs> Yo, it's crazy. You know he's he's second in minutes per uh, played this season. Uh, Lowry, Lowry, second in minutes played and is not producing. <laughs> I'm not surprised by that. That's he's, bad get, he's getting the, he's getting the minutes. He's yeah. not producing. The second most minutes in the NBA belongs to Kyle Lowry. They've been so injured over there. That's why. So I guess that's a good thing. Y'all didn't get Kyle Lowry. Yeah, I was gonna say. The Lakers, yeah, they they dodged it, but they dodged a good bullet there, and it, uh, Russell with the bad turnover. It worked out though. <laughs> yeah, y'all already know the vibes. If you stay ready, you ain't gotta get ready. Bitch, mob, ent, we out. Peace, General Soul Chicken. <laughs> 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 <laughs>